Welcome to the Anfo Podcast, where we talk about life, the law, and how it affects society. I am Amina, and with me is Fali. We'll be having a three-part conversation on the recently passed um, Kama 2020 and its impact on society and businesses in Nigeria. So essentially, the new Kama has made some monumental changes to Nigeria's company law landscape, and Fali and I will be delving into it in a three-part series. Today, however, will be limited to... We'll just be discussing particularly Section 863. Right. Which highlights the penalty for carrying out business without registering it at the Corporate Affairs Commission. It has a limited liability company, just carrying out the registration and section 17 that specifically highlights you filing a pre-action notice of notifying the commission before you sue them. Specifically on section 17, Amina, can you please break it down for us? Because the conversation I've read on Twitter and amongst other um, publications is now the corporate affairs is a super regulator above the, the court of law. And I don't think that's the intention of the provision. Can you please break it down for us? So essentially, um, Section 17, in my opinion, is pretty straightforward and simple and very easy to comprehend. So the section essentially talks about the need for prospective litigants to um, serve the Corporate Affairs Commission with pre-action notice and um, essentially the restriction on levy of execution. So what Section 17 is talking about is the fact that any prospective litigant will not commence a suit against the commission before the expiration of 30 days after a written notice of intention to commence the suit is served on the commission. So essentially, this pre-action notice that is required to be served on the commission by the Kama 2020 will need will have to reflect the cost of action, the particulars of the claim, the name and place of abode of the intending litigant, and the relief sought by the prospective plaintiff, which in my opinion is actually um, a very sane thing to do because if you're going to be carrying out a cause of action against um, a government agency or, or anyone for that matter, it's actually helpful to both parties for both parties to be aware of the source of action and maybe perhaps incentivize them to sort of engage with each other to see how the issues can be resolved without necessarily initiating a course of action in the court. And for a lot of simple issues that we've looked out, we've looked at, for example, um, some of the biggest issues that um, the commission tends to engage in that the commission tends to resort to litigation for is name similarity issues, um, a company having an incorrect name on its papers. These are simple issues that if you engage the commission beforehand, the commission can internally find ways to resolve it without necessarily going to court. And this would essentially save both parties a lot of you know resources that would be spent otherwise for something that can be resolved you know in a very simple and straightforward manner just by engaging with each other so basically i just don't take the commission to court i write to them first to even say i'm taking you to court and even if i'm not even taking them to court i can 
write to them and engage on that particular issue and we will sit on a round table right. and resolve this name issue. Yeah, and so probably pass drinks while sitting on the round table as well. <laughs> well, that would be cool. Yeah. So basically, if I'm suing the commission on a simple matter, for instance, or the name of my company is, let's say, Amina and Fali. Mm-hmm. And now the commission e- either inadvertently perhaps registers or authorizes the registration of another company name that is Fali and Amina. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, according to Kama, you cannot have two similar names. I don't need right. to sue. I can just easily write to the commission for an engagement and a resolution would, would follow. Know, Absolutely. Would follow. Oh, that's, so. that's, that's brilliant. And for me, I think it also considering government agencies now are struggling with resources, mm-hmm. consistently suing those government agencies not only depletes their resources, right. but also removes manpower that would have typically sat down carrying out company registrations or whatever it is that were required to be done for right. companies right. as opposed to, to the offices being being in being in Right. And I, I think essentially it also gives um, the commission ample time to actually investigate whatever the issue is and to have um, to have a, a proper record before the um, litigation commences so that once you resort to court, the court would be obviously apprised with all of the records that they need in order to make an informed decision. So in terms of, you know, cause of action and the need to do justice, this is actually the way forward. Yeah, and even courts require you to even have like um, pre I think they call it pre-action counseling. counseling. So at least you've, you've presented to the court that you know what, before I've brought the commission, before I've brought these two companies or this issue to you, I've actually attempted resolving it in an alternative way. Right. Um, it's also common standard in a lot of statutory, um, statutory, uh, um, statutory bodies mm-hmm. to require you to file pre-action notice before right. you actually sue them. I don't think any private company will say, oh, notify me before yeah. you sue, but at least for statutory bodies, there is that consideration for you to actually engage and see if it is an issue that can be resolved internally within, mm-hmm. that, within that organization, which it's, it's, a, it's, it's a step in the right direction. Absolutely. Because from 1990... Right. Till now, mm-hmm. there's been so much change in terms of not only litigation, but business activities. So right. adding that clause in terms of taking the commission to court, mm-hmm. I think it's very, very yeah so so in an essentially in a nutshell the the um, provision encourages um, prospective litigants to engage the commission before instituting an action in court and I think that's that's a good that's a, a the right step in the right direction in my opinion mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. it's good so the next section yeah the one that affects small businesses, businesses. right. Um, well, you know, generally, as a, I can carry out business in my name, mm-hmm. as my legal name. You right. know, a lot of us, I'm Fali, but Fali is not my legal name. My legal name is Saadatu Aliyo. Right. So if I'm going to carry out business mm-hmm. as Saadatu Hamu Aliyo, I'm transacting right. with you, I'm selling you my 
my Maserati. I'm selling you my new 2020 S-Class. Oh. <laughs> it <wouldn't> be, <laughs> We're going fancy with the cars. <laughs> it wouldn't be... It wouldn't be as funny. Mm-hmm. It would be in my legal, in my legal name. Right. However, if I now project myself to be carrying out business as Fali and Co, or Fali Limited, or any other um, name that I choose, mm-hmm. and add those impression of the company being registered. Right. I must have registered that company at the Corporate Affairs Commission. Mm-hmm. And another issue I think that has come up for a lot of companies, you know, prior to now, mm-hmm. there wasn't the requirement for you to have your passport data page in as part of your company registration document. Absolutely, yeah, that's true. So for me, I feel the particular um, ill this cures is. Right. For all those companies who have been registered, yeah. In people's name, but not their legal name. Right. It gives you an opportunity to now course correct, come mm-hmm. regularize your records. The commission has not mm. even issued an, uh, a regulation saying, oh, we're going to deregister you. Or, That's right. But if yeah. I'm carrying out business with you, mm-hmm. and your name is not properly reflected, let's say you have a business name, not a limited liability right. company. So, for instance, now... Fali and Co. Mm-hmm. And in the registration documents, it's reflected as Fali, not my legal name. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to properly sue me. And I think it's necessary if I'm engaging yeah. in business with That's you. That's a good perspective. Yes. Yeah. It's either I'm engaging in business with you as an individual. Right. Or I'm engaging in business with you through your company. Mm-hmm. And if you're not a limited liability company, for instance, right. you are yeah. registered as a business name, which a lot of small businesses, I believe, opt for registration as a business name. Mm-hmm. You would be required, if I'm going to sue you or I'm going to enter any contract with you, Right. it would still be, I'm entering a contract with Amina, mm-hmm. carrying business or trading as right. the name of that company. Right. But it doesn't restrict people from carrying business, from carrying yeah business in their yeah. own names mm-hmm. but if you're carrying business either adding limited liability right or unco right. or saying oh we're sweet berries we're choco 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 <laughs> company yeah even if your instagram page says so mm-hmm. you would definitely need to register it as a business name yeah. and if you, you you want to open an instagram page mm-hmm. for for your for your business and mm-hmm. you don't want to put your own name there this is it's not a plug for Instagram, by the way. We're not, we're not getting <laughs> we're not paid. Sponsored. Yeah. It's recommended for you to be registered right. um, on, on Instagram. At CAC, not on Instagram. But yeah. yeah, Instagram is really cool for businesses, by the way. Mm-hmm. So I think essentially what, what the section is has done, um, before I go into what the section has done, I guess one of the biggest criticisms that I've seen both in print media and on social media, is the fact that um, Section 863 of the newcomer essentially criminalizes majority of the informal sector. Mm-hmm. And I would like to say that's not 
true because mm-hmm. the info people participants in the informal sector can continue to carry on their businesses just the same way that they've essentially carried on business in the past. The only difference is now it's codified that if you are an informal sector participant, for example, you cannot carry business. You cannot carry on business as um, as a business name, a company limited by liability, a company limited by partnership, or you know, as a, essentially a registered business without being without first of all registering yourself with the Corporate Affairs Commission. And I think this affords protection to people that you know, participate in the informal sector because if you formalize your business, you get afforded all the benefits of being a registered business under the Kama 2020. And people dealing with you would obviously have that you know, comfort of knowing that you're a registered entity. So taking advantage of this provision actually can you know, lead to some benefits to participants in the informal sector as well. Even though the grouse I know with the provision is the fact that um, the Karma 2020 has essentially made it um, a criminal offense for persons to carry on businesses as a limited liability or limited partnership without being registered under the Act. Yeah. But for me, like, how can you carry on business as... Choco Limited, right. or Fali Limited, right. and not even be registered at the CAC. The Isn't that place. even deceptive in some way? Quite right, Fali. That would be deceptive. That would be deceptive. So you should either carry on business in your own name or get yourself registered and carry on business in your registered name, which would make total sense, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, fellas, you see... Mm-hmm. The CAC is not a super regulator. It's not afraid of being taken to court, but there is a process for you to take the commission to court. And it's in all of our interest at the end of the day. It reduces the dockets in our court in terms of issues that can be resolved internally. Mm -hmm. And it just brings, when it comes to litigation, the commission in line with where we are today. And when it comes to the names of our business or what we would use to carry out our business, I take God beg you. <laughs> Either do it in your legal name, and if you do not want to do it in your legal name, because I understand it ain't so cool, mm-hmm. register it as a business name so you're able to fall within the law and you're even protected and have access to other resources that small businesses can easily access which as an individual you you cannot but you know i mean there's a change i think in terms of definition of small businesses in right. this new karma so what what's a small business in this new karma well actually um the new karma essentially says that um there's a lot not, other than the changes there's actually quite a number of benefits mm. that small businesses have but what the new karma has done is essentially to codify 
um, what the, what a small business is. And what a small business is, according to the newcomer, is a business that has an annual turnover of not more than 160 million and a fixed asset of not more than 60 million and has no um, foreign participation or alien participation. Essentially, alien participation is when you have um, either a shareholder or director that is non-Nigerian. So if you have any of these marks or you have any of these indices, that would essentially mean that you're not a small business. And some of the benefits, I'm sure we'll deal with them more in depth in our second series coming up next week. But some of the benefits of being a small business is you're not required to have a company secretary. So you can save money that would have gone towards payment of salary or maintaining you know, a company secretary for your business. You're not required to provide you know, audited financial statement to the commission. And you you can you know you can take advantage of some of these perks of being a small business so long as you meet the threshold of what's you know considered to be a small business so yeah yeah and you don't have any Uibo right or you don't have for instance a lot of companies with VC funded now even mm-hmm. even though they are startups, mm-hmm. but if they have accessed financing from outside the country, mm-hmm. they are no longer small companies. They right. are required to do file an audit report, mm-hmm. uh, appoint a company secretary, which is in line with global co- corporate governance standards. Uh, absolutely, yeah, that's true. But I feel for me, it it put it positions small small businesses mm-hmm. for access to more financing. Right. It ensures that small businesses from the get go have proper corporate governance principles in place. It kind of just pushes a lot of us, you know, to kind of put our house in order. Right. Even before the big money comes. Absolutely. I agree. And, um, yeah. Are we done? So, thank you so much, guys, for listening in. And we hope that you would join us next week as we continue to explore the provisions of you know, Companies and Allied Matters Act and its impact on businesses and would hope to, you know, have you join us next week. And if you have any comments or any questions, you can send us send it to us on our Gmail at Amfa. I have a question for you. If I have oh. three rapid fire questions for you. Whoa, Fali. <laughs> I was already rounding up there, but go ahead, shoot me. So what's your favorite drink for a meeting? Interesting. So um I like to consider myself to be a tea connoisseur. Hmm, I know, fancy. Nice. <laughs> so I would say like a cup of tea, I'm good, or water, or nothing at all. I'm just, you know, I just roll in with the punches. So once I'm at the meeting, if you give me a cup of tea or water, I'll be good. Really? Yeah. I always like something to drink, so I would always go for either tea or water as well. So really? What's, what's so. the best time for you to host a work meeting? Hmm... I think, I I like to think of myself as, I'm not really fixed on time. I'm good. As long as it's a really good meeting, I can take it at any time. But it's always better, especially if you've, I think you've read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. I have it in my office, but I haven't read it. Okay. So I think everybody should read it. But going back to Fali's question, the best time for a meeting is the first as early as possible or as late as possible, nothing in between. Okay, so not midday. Not, not midday, evening. not evening. So if you have a meeting and you want to get the best out of the person, it's best to schedule it first thing in the morning. That way everybody comes in fresh mm-hmm. 
and on point and everybody is just ready to go and they don't have any distraction and they just can give you the best part of themselves at the best part of the day. So for me, I'll probably go with the first part of the day. Anytime from 9 a.m. to 10, perfect. So what type of book do you typically read or it's the best for you to read over the weekend? Over the weekend? Hmm, I, I think I, I would like to say that I've got quite an eclectic taste in books, but um, recently I'm heavy on Tim Ferriss, so all things Tim Ferriss. I'm currently reading The 4-Hour Walk Week, so um, I would recommend it yeah, for a weekend read. That's if you're somebody like me, but if you just want to like relax and unwind and read something fluffy, I'm probably not the person to recommend anything for you. But so yeah. self-development. I hate the word self-development. So what do you like? I would just say whatever like um, gives you that extra zhuzh mm-hmm. in your spirit to like just go forward and do something positive. That's it. So ladies and gentlemen, and all our listeners, wherever you are, there you have it. We've broken down section 17 of Karma for you. And the CAC is not a super regulator. And if you're going to do business, not in your name, please and please and please do register at the CEC. And the new karma is not against small businesses. See you next week. On Alpha Podcast. And thank you for joining us. And if you have any comments, please send it to our email or um, you can leave your comments on Anchor Podcast for us and we'll be happy to, you know, get back to you on it. So thank you so much and see you next week, guys. Bye.